Of all of the forms of inequality, the inequality in health care is probably the most inhumane. Tests, office visits, pills, hospitalizations, what do they all actually cost? $330 billion with a B. Marks the beginning of open enrollment in the health insurance marketplaces. This is confusing. You're listening to Health O'Clock, show 26, recorded September 2nd, 2019. We are your source for health news, trends, and insights. So now it's time to talk about healthcare. Yippee-yi-ki-yay. Hi, Jay. <laughs> hey, Andrea. How are you doing? Doing great. So we always say it's been a long time. We should do this more often. Doesn't matter right now. We're here. We're here for you. We are here. So and we have one huge wallop of a show. It's going to be a great show today. I'm excited for it. Uh, so before we get into it, I want to give you my normal disclaimer. I'm a health actuary. Um, I used to work for a health insurance company. Now I work for a consulting firm. Um, but I do want to say everything I tell you today is not proprietary it's not meant to be taken and used to start a business with and then come back and sue me don't do that this is educational everything i say doesn't reflect the views of my company the views of my former company the views of the american academy of actuaries society of actuaries etc and i'm jay i'm just a normal guy the idea is if i can get it you can get it and my my uh, disclaimer is that, well, Labor Day is here. Uh, the lawn needs to be mowed. I bring up the lawn a lot. Yeah. I would say let's... You are a normal guy. Let's all take time and think about our lawns. That That's not a disclaimer, <laughs> but that is a safety and just uh, overall suggestion for people's well-being. What if our listeners don't have lawns? Should they think about something? Um, go to the driving equivalent? range. Yeah, okay. <laughs> go to the driving range. You get all the lawn with none of the work. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So today we're talking about crowdsourcing in medicine. Crowdsourcing medicine. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Okay. So Jay, before we talk about it with medicine, what mm -hmm. is crowdsourcing by itself? Crowdsourcing. Okay. So I am in the marketing advertising uh, world and crowdsourcing is actually a very, it's like a slap in the face to those who are trained to know what to know. <laughs> crowdsourcing is, hey, uh, let's have a logo contest. Winner gets Chipotle for life and they get thousands of entries hoping to win Chipotle for life. And then suddenly the company has thousands of choices, uh, for logos. And it's just a really, it's, it's like, why, why actually pay a pro when you can use social media or a contest that's a really interesting insight, especially yeah. if we're applying it to medicine. Yes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now we brought up medicine. Now I'm cringing, man. I think there's some danger. Yeah. Well, well, the other thing, crowdsourcing can be a source of excitement and delight. For example, there was a research vessel and they asked the Internet to give this boat a name. 
And the winner was Bodie McBoatface. Brilliant. I remember Bodie McBoatface. (laughs) It's still out there. It's making great discoveries now. But they were a little bit mortified that the internet had decided to name their very serious research boat, Bodie McBoatface. And they tried to, like, not name it that after the internet had spoken. And, of course, outrage. Oh, yeah. So they went along with it. But it turned out to be a good thing because everybody is still just... Very interested in what Bodhi is doing. And I think it's brought more awareness to their research and like really has ultimately ended being a good thing. That is a, it's a nice note. Rarely, at least in my line of work, do you hear good and positive things coming out of crowdsourcing. (laughs) But this is a good example of, okay, now people are more tuned into science and normally I've heard of uh, another example of it's pretty much trolling. It's it's the Internet trolling these um, crowdsourcing. This one wasn't even really crowdsourced. It was a contest. Hey, what should the new seventh inning stretch song be at the New York Mets? Oh, no. They had many great options, but their fatal mistake was option D, which was blank. And you could submit. Any song you want. (laughs) The internet rose up and Rick rolled. They made Rick Astley's (laughs) Never Gonna Give You Up. It was this huge thing and they had to do it. So there's a cell phone video of the game where they played the seventh inning stretch. They just Rick rolled the whole stadium. The whole stadium. It was brilliant. So they've learned their lesson. Uh, so, yeah, maybe some don't ask the Internet if you don't really want to know yeah. <laughs> what they well, think. And know that the Internet could smack you back. You know, it's not necessarily a true or what you're looking for, but here's what you're getting. Right. And then that's another consideration that we need to think about as we're going into these medical examples is is the Internet gonna always give you the correct appropriate answer or are the trolls gonna take over at some point yeah so explain to me what is this crowdsourcing medicine and more importantly what does that mean for our pricing structure and everything that um, actuaries could you know deal with well look at you asking all the right questions Uh, yeah (laughs) okay well i'll give you some examples of crowdsourcing and medicine um i actually found a really good article that was put out by who was it put out by uh the journal of global health and they actually did a survey of crowdsourcing and medicine so they looked at all the things that have happened that have been published in research journals um And when was this published? Uh, 2018. So it's a fairly recent uh, publication where they went back and looked at everything that's been going on. Uh, So I'll pull a few examples from this article. We'll also post the link in our show notes if anybody wants to go and actually look at the whole thing. It's quite interesting. Um, Okay. So one example. And this is an interesting one. Um, Malaria and blood samples. So oftentimes diagnosing malaria and blood samples, it's not a, yep, it's there. No, it's not. It's kind of a, uh, is this it? And you look at these, these images and these blood samples. So they turn this into a game 
through a project known as the Bio Games Project. So they spend a very short time, a tutorial, teaching people how to identify is this malaria? Is this not malaria? Oh, and really? then they set people, these gamers, loose into this quote unquote game. Wow. And the gamers were asked to diagnose, is this malaria? Is this not malaria? They were given regular feedback, and they were given certain cases where they already knew the answer. So gamers could figure out, oh, I'm doing good or I'm not doing good. And it turned out that they were 99% accurate in diagnosing malaria in these blood samples. It is a very quick thing, and it's something that's great for, like, third world countries where they don't have the expertise to be able to diagnose these things. Yeah. So that's one example. So that seems pretty positive. More games, more successful malaria diagnoses. And it was interesting because games to this crowdsourcing of medicine games seem to improve people's diagnoses, even for doctors. When you say improve diagnoses, you mean accuracy of diagnoses, the accuracy of it. So they, they developed a game for clinicians to be able to diagnose something. I'm not, I didn't get the details on what it was, Um, but they tested who's playing the game and who's just looking at the images and diagnosing. And the doctors actually playing the game did almost twice as good as the doctors not playing the game. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? You would think a human life was enough to be vested enough to make the right in the, the right diagnoses but apparently the high score is a better motivator (laughs) the high score apparently is a good motivator so um yeah there's a lot of examples of say uh looking at um uh, like skin cancer potential skin cancer is it melanoma is it not and adding a game element to that improves the accuracy for anyone looking at it Um, so that's really interesting. A lot of ways that's being used. Wow. Here's another example. Okay. In public health, they can determine which restaurants are going to be shut down by the health department based on Yelp reviews. What? So this isn't necessarily a game, but it's, it is crowdsourcing. Right. This is crowdsourcing of public health, which restaurants are a health hazard. Oh my god! And they can zone in on the ones that are really dangerous by looking at Yelp reviews. That's crazy. Because people are more likely to say, oh, this restaurant was disgusting. I'm not going back there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they actually do have a a health problem. Oh, my God. So that's another example. Brilliant. Um, I love this out of the box thinking. Isn't this interesting? And then uh, here's another one. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it's as asmopolis. Uh, So it's people with asthma and they download this app on their phone. And anytime they have an asthma attack, they can track where they are. And so the app picks up, yes, they had an asthma attack, and here's their location. And using data from all the different people using this app, they can identify environmental triggers to asthma attacks. So, oh, you were in this area, you must have, and a bunch of other people had attacks in this area too. Maybe it was triggered by this thing. 
So it sounds like this is actually a really good thing crowdsourcing for so medicine. Full. I mean, a lot of it, yes. There were cases like, for example, junior physicians trying to learn how to diagnose. They had a crowdsourcing where they'd make a diagnosis and they'd stick it out there for senior physicians to tell them if they were right or wrong. And the senior physicians didn't use it. So um, it didn't really work in that case. Generational. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they didn't want to or they didn't have time to go in and, and use the app or whatever. So there were definitely cases where it was a miserable failure. Uh, but there are also a lot of really exciting and interesting innovations that are happening. As this. a normal guy who loves video games and loves Yelp, this I feel powerful. I feel like, hey. I got you. I, I got your back, doctor. It's, I got your back health. It's quite interesting. So what we're going to do today, Okay. we've got all these examples, but we want to actually watch. There's a show on Netflix Ooh, yeah. called Diagnosis. And I believe the, here's the little blurb on Netflix about it. It was released this year in August, 2019. Dr. Lisa Sanders crowdsources diagnoses for rare and mysterious medical conditions. And this is a documentary series. And before the series, she did this in the New York Times. She had a column where she'd list out, like, here's someone's symptoms. What does everyone think it is? And people would write into the paper and tell her what they thought it was. And, and now it sounds like she's kind of moving into the internet and, and documenting all of this. Wow. Um, I have a trailer. Is it okay? I think this is appropriate if I play it for everybody. Yeah. Let's, uh, take a listen to this trailer. We'll try and, uh, describe anything that's happening. Yeah. What if social media could save lives? Right it is. Now, Call them. There are New literally York millions of people struggling with undiagnosed medical conditions. I'm Brittany, Kamaya's mom. She's six years old. She's paralyzed anywhere from three to 20 seconds, over 300 times a day. I was yeah. in the Gulf War. I served eight years, and now I'm losing my memory. Every time the deja vu happens, I feel my eyes roll in the back of my head, and then I flatline. Sadie has this incurable disease that the only thing you can do is, you know, remove half of her brain. How could that be the only thing you do to, to a kid? My body is going through something. The doctors are like, we can't help you. I want to know if somebody else has this. They need something different the kind of thinking that happens usually outside the hospital. I'm Dr. Lisa Sanders, and I'm a physician at Yale. And for the past 15 years, I've written a column for the New York Times Magazine about patients who have mysterious symptoms. But I always wanted to go the next step. Using the internet, we have the ability to harness all the intelligence of people around the planet to get some answers. I was thrilled to see that many responses. It's what we hope for. Never, ever, ever give up. There is somebody out there that understands. The symptoms align perfectly with the things that I've experienced. There's another mom out there like me that was looking for an answer. We're not the only ones. You gotta keep a positive attitude. (laughs) It's the good news. We can create a movement. 
there's hope. Diagnosis. One, two. <laughs> Are you trying to kick me? No! I did not do it on purpose. I know. All right. Only on Netflix starting August 2019. So is this a movie or is this a This is a documentary series. Um, So I think there are probably, I think there are eight episodes, seven episodes, and they're 50 minutes a piece. 50, five zero. Yes. Okay. Uh, So we're just going to watch the first one. Okay. Um, and then I think we'll go watch it right now. Ooh. We'll, we'll put our folks on a break. They, they can listen to our, well, they can listen to our fun, like movie music that we've created. Oh, Ooh. this is our break music. Well, maybe we do our break music. I don't know. We could do the movie music. Let's do the movie music and then the break music. Does that work? No, No, I can. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. All right. All right. Sorry. I am. I'm playing with all our new gizmos. Okay. Yeah. Let's do our movie music and then break. And for for listeners who haven't heard this before, um, we also do a, another podcast where we go watch movies. It's called Disney plus us. If you're into Disney movies, check it out. Go check it out. Um, but we're going to play our, it's time to watch the movie now bumper. So you get something a little different this episode. And then it will lead into the break. Got it. One, two, three, four. It's time for the movie. Which remote do we use again? I get the popcorn. There could be spoilers. We'll be back in four, three, two, one. And we're back. Wow. All right. So we just watched episode one of the new Netflix series, Diagnosis. Diagnosis, yes. Diagnosis. Okay, Jay, do you want to give us a summary? Okay, so what this was, we followed around this episode, a girl from Las Vegas, her name was Angel, and she had a very odd condition in which... Her muscles would just hurt and hurt and hurt to the point she couldn't move. She couldn't do anything, and she would go to the hospital. Her pee was actually black, which was gross. Yeah. She said it looked like coffee grounds. And no one could tell her why her body was doing this and what would trigger it. And this went on for nine years. Nine years. And this got the attention of the lady who's... Uh, actually kind of a house inspiration. Yeah, they the, even showed a clip from house at the beginning. Yeah, so she wrote her New York Times article about Angel. She, they made a video. People around the world responded, like 1,700 people. And finally, one from Italy was like, hey, we do uh, the muscle disease testing metabolic diseases yeah yeah uh come on over here and angel says hey uh i'm a little nervous i'm a little you know strapped for cash getting sued by current doctors and and all this and 
Long story short, Italy has totally free healthcare, and they're like, "Yeah, just come on over. We'll we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it." And it was this this um, collection of doctors that studied metabolic diseases, and they're like, "We think it's a metabolic disease. We want you to come over here. We'll run a bunch of tests, and we will figure this out." So they were kind of specialists that decided to take on her case. Yeah. And the first battery of tests actually failed, which was really discouraging for her. But then they pretty much just sequenced her DNA and figured out, oh, it's, was it CPT2 or something? Yeah, what is yeah, it some rare metabolic disease, CPT2. Which can be handled with diet uh, changes. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I think it was something like the inability to process uh, lipids in your body and it it was causing your muscles to deteriorate and mess with your kidneys and and it caused all sorts of problems so finally they figured out what it was hot dang so (laughs) i know this was actually a really good show because you felt the helplessness of not being diagnosed and the the doctor lady was uh that's kind of behind this makes a good point they say when you go to the hospital the doctor's job is to make sure whatever's trying to kill you doesn't kill you. But that doesn't also mean that they're going to try and solve it either. Right. They're, they're more interested in stabilizing you and making sure you're not about to die. But and they don't spend a lot of time, nor are they compensated for sitting around and figuring out what the ultimate problem is. And she said a lot of times... You'll be diagnosed by chance of the battery of of doctors in the room at that random chance, you know, that moment. Yeah, and she said it was more like it wasn't a matter of when you're diagnosed, it's not, hey, you have these things, this is what you've got. It's more like detective work. And depending on who's in the room trying to figure that out, They could figure it out or they could not. Exactly. And so all she was doing with this crowdsourcing is making the room bigger, is what she said. Yeah. So, Jay, I got some questions for you based on this crowdsourcing of this girl's diagnosis. Bring it on. Did the U.S. medical system fail this girl? Yes. How? Well, so she had this for nine years no no tests were for metabolic syndrome were done and she would go to doctor after doctor hospital after hospital and she eventually racked up so much debt that she was getting sued by doctors and ready to declare bankruptcy and she's not even like 20 you know but uh, and she's like racked up all this cost but she still doesn't know what's wrong with her yeah and uh, it seemed like the, the cameras followed her and she went out for a hike. Well, halfway up the mountain, she gets an attack and she can't move. And she has to hobble down and is in like extreme pain. And they go straight to uh, urgent care or a hospital and they have to explain everything all over again. And they don't do, have any like records on her that would say, oh, here's this girl, here's her issue. 
Yeah. So she has to explain all over again, and whoever's working with her obviously has no idea what's going. Exactly. On. It's it's very sad. So, yeah, I mean, this, the United States healthcare failed her for multiple reasons. A, the just the enormous cost, the inability to come up with a diagnosis, and seemingly like the inability to even source out to other people who could figure out a diagnosis you'd uh, if you had a doctor who was curious enough they could probably reach out and say hey does this sound like anything that anybody knows about but it doesn't it that's not a thing really that's done they sent this to some college it sounded like the some like colorado some university yeah, or just something to, and of course they didn't respond yeah. back and yeah it, it stumped a lot i mean to be fair it's not most of the world <laughs> and yeah. it just happened that italy was paying attention and uh offered to offered to help yeah there was a, a medical student from italy that said hey we actually study these here and it sounds like something that we study yeah. um so let me ask you she got a lot of responses from people all over the world some were interesting some weren't doctors but they consider themselves like medical uh like sherlock holmes problem solvers yeah. they watched house and got it uh, excited <laughs> so she got a lot of answers that weren't right and then she got some that actually did correctly doctors and non-doctors that did correctly identify what she had or got really close to like a, a brother or sister disease that was pretty close to what she had mm-hmm. um so she had this list of diagnoses that and still didn't know like what it was just from the crowdsourcing itself and it took another doctor or group of doctors in this case responding and say come and we'll test you for her to get to a diagnosis so i'd found that interesting because it's not the crowdsourcing that gave her the answer it, it the was, crowdsourcing just connected her with the right doctor it was the level that leveling up of an issue is putting many eyes on one problem right so it's almost like if they crowdsource let's say a, a, a big company crowdsourced a, a marketing campaign and they ended up going with an advertisement agency that says oh we can do that we do stuff like that and then they end up going and paying them yeah yeah. So it, it's interesting to me because, yeah, on one hand, you're crowdsourcing, but you're still using in the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, crowdsourced to some shaman somewhere in some like <laughs> mystic uh, alley and, and they're like, oh, here's the, your beads and, and you know out of the system right all medic all medicines in a system of some kind right so i'm thinking that there's got to be a way to have this network of doctors that can talk to each other like this when they can't figure it out via video game Ooh, we'll make it a game <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so let me ask you something else okay are there upsides and downsides to this method of diagnosing someone to just putting it out in the universe and seeing who responds 
Um, you know, I'm going to say, yes, there's upsides and downsides. And, and I think they're the same problem, the same, the same, the, the plus is the minus here. And that is, it is very few people have the ability to run, you know, to connect to this many doctors and this worldwide New York times, you know, you, not every patient gets this opportunity. Right. And the upside is that obviously it works and not always, but a lot of times it, it can work and, and you get problem solvers after it. And, and that's great. And it doesn't hurt having a TV show f- with cameras following <laughs> you around to kind of make sure things happen. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it, so the downside is not everybody's going to be that lucky to be that person. Yeah. Or maybe they run into a team of doctors that understands this disease, but it costs thousands of dollars to even get in to see them. Well, then go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about what this means for healthcare in general. We kind of talked about the specifics of this case. We kind of talked about yeah, you're crowdsourcing, but you're still talking to another doctor in the end. So I want to kind of touch on several things that this whole show and this crowdsourcing phenomenon, what does this mean going forward? If this were put in place as a way to solve medical problems, what would this look like? Um, So the first thing I want to talk about is the payment structure in place. So right now, there a doctor does not receive payment for going and talking to other doctors and figuring out this is what this person has. So there's no incentive if they're being paid for certain things and not being paid for other things. They're going to lean towards the things they're going to get paid for because either they're hired by the hospital and they have to do what their employer tells them to do, or they've got to be able to pay the bills if they're running their own shop. Mm-hmm. So right now there's not a lot of incentive for doctors to do detective work. There's not a lot of incentive for doctors to say, huh, this is weird. I've never seen this before. I'm going to spend a lot of time figuring this out. And occasionally you'll get a doctor that's very kind and, and dedicates a lot of their own time to figuring it out. Um, but in general, the system in the United States just doesn't work that way. Well, it assumes all doctors know all answers. And like the, the lady was describing, like, oh, in medical school, the symptom A and symptom B means you have C. But it wasn't until later in life that, oh, this could be many, many, many things. And it, it, it's not necessarily black and white right you're not just retrieving knowledge from the vault you're doing detective work yeah um so if we were to make this kind of crowdsourcing viable and and put it into the medical system you would have to change how doctors are paid to incentivize the detective work behind it yeah or or it would be interesting if there's like just a team of doctors that are similar to house where they just sit around and, and 
you know, scratch your chins and do get paid for solving answers. Right. And there are some places solving in questions. the United States. <laughs> yeah. There are some places in the United States now that do have a team in weird cases where where they're actually incentivized to make sure people get quality care and make sure people are well when they walk out the door. So there are places that do have teams like that that focus on the whole person. And sometimes they will sit around and say, okay, what is wrong with this person? But that's not the norm in this country. So let me throw this whole thing right back at you. Would, is it fair to say insurance companies would be better interested in funding doctors who come up with answers? Absolutely. I mean, in this case, the girl could control her when she finally got the diagnosis they said okay you can control this disease and not get this debilitating pain by changing your diet and here's how you change your diet so no medicine no so meanwhile she spent nine years and is declaring bankruptcy and has a gofundme and whatever else to try and pay for all these medical bills if she had gotten a diagnosis nine years ago she would have saved so much money. And if she has an insurance company, the insurance company would have saved so much money. And her quality of life would have gone Exactly. Up. It's a win-win. So I really think insurance companies should think about facilitating something like this, where if someone can't get diagnosed right away, maybe consider how do we crowdsource this? How do we get a bunch of doctors in the same room talking about this? It would be interesting if some of the major doc or insurance companies hire doctors specifically for this. And they do a little bit. Insurance companies hire doctors and nurses for cases, for big cases that are, are costing a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of help get them through the system and, and they help them like work their way through so they're not getting a necessary test so they're getting the exact care they need um so they do that for the really costly cases mm -hmm. um, but it's not something that's necessarily available to any patient that walks in i see interesting and you have the same problem with that maybe the doctor working at the insurance company still wouldn't be able to make a diagnosis a, he or she's only one doctor right yeah and, and that's the final thing um a lot of doctors may dislike this primarily because they feel like they have to know the answers. There's a lot of pressure on doctors to come up with answers Absolutely. and to be right. Absolutely. A lot of pressure and being able to admit, I don't know, let's go ask a bunch of other people. It maybe makes them feel like they're not doing their job, which or, is yeah. absolutely untrue. But I, I think that's definitely something that we've got to get past in our society, that the doctor is not always the all-knowing individual, and sometimes it's important to get more opinions to get the right answer. Yeah. I do want to point out, and this is kind of off-topic, but this is a good... This episode one of this, of this Netflix show is a good rally cry for single payer because yeah. that looks I, I pretty thought great. about that too yeah because they did go to italy and they're like oh yeah we 
it's it's fine. It's covered. We we pay for our medical care with a tax on everybody. So come on over here. We'll take we'll care fix, of you. We'll fix you up. But then that's a whole nother can that, of worms. That's a whole nother can of worms. So we won't get into that right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so very interesting episode. Good suggestion. This yeah. is the, I would recommend this to anybody. Really? really? Do you think we'll keep watching and see what the other episodes I have in store? I don't know why we wouldn't. I think I will. Yeah. And just a, a disclaimer, Netflix is not paying us to, to say this is good or anything. Not yet. So, not yet. <laughs> no, we, we just saw it up there and I thought it would be interesting. That's so. right. Oh, that brings us to the end of this show. Ah, the end. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, to rate us on the iTunes, send us emails and and facebook messages we love hearing that kind of stuff and And check the show notes if you're interested in other ways that crowdsourcing is currently being used in medicine we'll post the link out there and you can go read that uh, publication that's right well until next time everybody thanks for listening